You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Mets reporter Anthony DeComo. And Anthony, we got to start this podcast. We got to start with talking about uh, Tim Tebow. Uh, standing ovation after grounding into a run scoring double play in his first game on Wednesday. Overall, 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. I know there's a lot going on with the Mets, and we'll get into all of that, but Tebow always seems to grab headlines, so we might as well play right into that here on the podcast. Um, was it kind of a surreal environment with Tebow getting uh, as much cheering as he did for a not-so-great performance? Yeah, I mean, I, look, if you take a step back and look at the situation, you're talking about a, a minor leaguer from minor league camp coming over, uh, hitting into a double play, striking out twice, getting picked off first base, uh, going to the wrong batter's circle, at one point, well, Rick Porcello was warming up, and yet everyone loves the guy. So, yeah, it was a little surreal. It was uh, not something I've ever really seen before on a baseball diamond, which I suppose is to be expected when you talk about Tim Tebow and what he's trying to do here because, frankly, he's trying to do something that we haven't really seen before in a uh, professional atmosphere. So uh, it was a weird day, an interesting day. Um, and then you talk to Tim Tebow when he gets off the field and, and greets all of us in the media, and you know he's he's just an engaging guy. He he really seems like he's he's putting everything he has into this, and uh, I think that's a big reason why people are rooting for him and people are cheering for him and people are getting behind him. And there is a, a minority of fans, I would say, who uh, hate the whole experiment and hate the whole thing and hate the fact that he's taking a spot that maybe another prospect could have used and, and all of that, and I think everyone gets that. Uh, but there's also a very large population of fans, I'm, I'm realizing, that care very much, or at least are very curious and, and want to see him play and want to see him do well and want to see him succeed. And, uh, you know, he didn't do that yesterday. He didn't play well. He didn't succeed, but he got cheered nonetheless. I think that says a lot about the guy and his reputation and what fans think of him. Yeah, and I think that would quickly change if there was actually expectations on this guy from the fan base. But I think they kind of don't expect him to do well. So when he doesn't do well, they're just happy that he's there. And like you said, he this is a guy who has just developed fans over the course of his football and now baseball career. All right, on to the guys who are going to be a part of this team in 2017. As the uh, starters have started making their first and second appearances of the spring. Obviously, it was a slow start getting them involved, uh, hoping they're in it for the long haul. Uh, Matt Harvey, not great his first time out. Jacob deGrom got out for the second time today, uh, actually just recently as we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, and he has looked great. He hasn't given up a run yet, Anthony. Four innings in his second appearance. Were you surprised he was out there as long as he was on Thursday? No, because when you're pitching that well, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to get a lot of innings in a small number of pitches. Um, Jacob DeGrom has looked uh, sensational. Of all the Mets starting pitchers, I would say he looks by far the best. Um, and that's not that the others have looked bad necessarily, but Matt Harvey was lacking velocity in his first start, which isn't a current concern yet, but could be down the line. Um, you know, Noah Syndergaard has actually been ill, and I think you might have seen a little bit of the effect of that in him giving up a bunch of hits and a walk his last time out, uh, not lasting through the end of uh, 
his third inning. Um, you know, Steven Matz is working on his pickoff move. We've only seen him once so far when we're recording this podcast, and it was a pretty brief outing. So Jacob DeGrom has looked, has looked the best and has looked great, and I think that's an awesome sign for the Mets because, uh, you know, we talked about coming into camp, all of these guys, and, and DeGrom certainly in that group of pitchers who are coming off surgery. And these aren't your standard run-of-the-mill surgeries. Uh, Jacob DeGrom got his elbow opened up to physically move a nerve. Uh, that's not a fun procedure, but it is something uh, that, you know, Jacob DeGrom clearly looks recovered from, and he's got all his velocity, and uh, uh, it's what you want for the Mets, and it's what they hope for all of their pitches. But this early in spring, uh, DeGrom looks to be the one who's progressing the best. You mentioned Syndergaard, and funny thing that kind of came out this week is that he's trying to be more like Bartolo Colon, and of course, if you put those two guys next to each other, that couldn't be, uh, that would be impossible, basically. But uh, I guess what he's talking about is his landing and something that he's noticed from Colon that, that Colon does really well. Yeah, and, and you know, people like to f- poke fun at, at Bartolo Colon's weight and all of that. Um, you know, Noah Syndergaard said the one thing he noticed was this, despite that, despite the guy's bulk, uh, when he was warming up in the bullpen before games, he would look down at the dirt in front of the pitching mound and see that Bartolo Colon was landing so lightly on his on his foot that he would look down and there would barely be a mark in the dirt, and you couldn't even tell. You know, some pitchers really dig in, and they create this hole when they're pitching off the rubber, and, and it wasn't so with Bartolo Colon, and he thought that was a big reason why his uh, mechanics were, or, or at least pointed to the fact that his mechanics were so clean and he was, uh, just able to control the ball as well as he does in large part because of that. So it's something that Noah Syndergaard is working on this spring. Um, you know, he's working on kind of refining his mechanics. And despite the fact that he hit 100 miles per hour in that game uh, and was ill, nonetheless, dealing with some flu symptoms, um, you know, Noah Syndergaard says he really hasn't gone much beyond 85 to 90% so far this spring because he's working on things. And that's a good sign from someone who's a, a young pitcher still someone who's still uh, in really one of his first few major league camps here, that he doesn't really care about results. And you don't want guys to care about results at this point. You want them to care about getting better. And, and Noah Syndergaard's certainly trying to do that. How about that fifth starter job? Is there any update just as far as those guys go and, and where everyone stands at this point in the spring a couple of weeks in? Yeah, it's a little early to tell um, because guys are on different pages. Uh, that fifth starter competition for the Mets, you're talking about Zach Wheeler, who hasn't pitched yet, he's going to make his debut on Friday, which is much anticipated because he hasn't started a big league game since having Tommy John surgery two years ago. It's, it's been a long time. So uh, the Mets will be anxious to see him. Um, Seth Lugo we saw a lot of early uh, because he was gearing up to pitch in the WBC, and he'll be doing that soon. Uh, but because of that, he was ramping up much earlier than the Mets' other starting pitchers. And then there's Robert Gesellman, who's the one guy who's kind of on a normal schedule um, hasn't pitched great so far this spring, but is probably the leader in the clubhouse just based on what he did last year. So uh, I, I don't think it's anything we can talk about definitively until a couple of weeks from now when all of those guys have multiple starts under their belts. Uh, we need to see what Zach Wheeler looks like health-wise. We need to determine if it's going to be enough for the Mets to want to take him on the opening day roster or to say, hey, you know, this guy hasn't pitched so much. Maybe we'll start him out in extended spring training or something like that and uh, limit his innings that way. Um, you know, asking me today, right now, I still think in a way it's Robert Gastelman's job to lose, uh, but Seth Lugo and Zach Wheeler could certainly make runs at it as well. Jay Reese Familia has gotten out a couple of times um, in pitch. Not sure if he'll get in today or not or, or what his next time out will be. First time out, some struggles. Second time out, he looked better. 
Has he talked much about having to get ready for this season and, and throwing these innings, not knowing what's going to happen at the beginning of the season? Yeah, it's a bit of a strange situation for him, A, because um, you know he doesn't know uh, if and when that MLB suspension is going to come down. I think people around here are assuming it's going to be about 30 days, wiping out most or if not all of his April. Um, but we don't know that for sure yet. And B, he had to gear up pretty quickly, regardless of all of that, to get ready for the WBC. Um, he's left now. He's, he's looking to pitch for the Dominican Republic and those games down there in Miami. Um, so, you know, he had to get ready pretty quickly. And then it's kind of that old hurry up and wait. He'll pitch in the WBC games. He'll pitch again for the Mets when he comes back down here. But after that, he might be out for a while. So it's kind of a strange situation. All the Mets can do and all they are doing is saying, well, look, we have to get him ready for the season one way or the other. Uh, they fully intend on doing that. And if Jiris Familia's opening day winds up being May 1st instead of April 3rd, so be it. The, the Mets will have him ready for whenever it, it might be. One more topic for you, Anthony. Jay Bruce. This is not the Jay Bruce we saw when he started his Mets career after the trade deadline in 2016. He is off to a tremendous start to the spring. How important do you think that was to him or is to him after the struggles that he had uh, back in August for him to, to get this nice start heading into the year? Yeah, I, I think it's important. And uh, frankly, I think what he did in, in September towards the end of the season was important, just kind of getting back on track. Um, you know, Jay Bruce was joking recently about people talking about how he had a bad season in, in 2016. And he says, I look at my baseball card and I hit 35 homers and uh, 100-plus RBIs. Uh, you know, if that's a bad season, I'll, I'll sign up for a bad season every year. Uh, he actually was pretty consistent if you take out that August, which uh, admittedly, and Jay Bruce will admit, was not a good month for him. And, uh, uh, you know, whatever the reason was, if it was the transition to New York, if it was putting too much pressure on himself, it was if it was just a slump, um, you know, he's looking to just kind of isolate that and put that in his past. Um, you know, an off-season of trade rumors, that's gone too now. Jay Bruce is the right fielder here, and, and he likes to say, I'm the right fielder until I'm not. I'm in the starting lineup until I'm not. And so far, the Mets have given him no indication that he's going to be anything but the starting right fielder. So for him to get off to a hot start this spring, uh, he had a home run Wednesday. Uh, that was big for him and, and is hitting uh, really just hitting the cover off the ball in spring training and Grapefruit League play. Uh, nothing but a good sign for a Mets team that will be counting on Jay Bruce this season. Great stuff, Anthony. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Mets edition. For Anthony DeComo, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.